0: to uh, everybody at uh, all of our locations this weekend. Uh, it's a thrill to have you and if you've been coming for a while, uh, we wrap up <coughs> our dream series and I think this is an opportunity for us to not just make sure that we're dreaming personally some God dreams, but uh, this weekend I want to share about the dream that God's given us and uh, everybody at all of our locations should have received <laughs> Annual ministry report, and uh, I, I think I can summarize this in three words: God is faithful. I look at this and I see a little bit of history and some vision. privilege for Laura and I to be a part of what God is doing thanks for the uh, the opportunity to serve as your pastor and uh, I think once a year we want to put something like this in your hands and then the beautiful thing is the rest of the year uh, when you invite friends to come with you this is something that uh, we love to put in people's hands to give them a sense of what they're getting into and so uh, this weekend if you have a Bible you can turn over to the book of Nehemiah I wish I had four hours uh, to preach this thing. We're going to see Nehemiah uh, in just a moment, but uh, I was thinking about it um, uh, this week, and I, I I love the way that uh, this chapter begins in late autumn. It, it makes me think of the autumn of 1878 when a father surprised his two sons with a toy walked into the house and uh, threw it. their own, and that dream of flying was conceived in their hearts. Then on December seventeenth, nineteen 1903, Orville uh, went airborne for 12 seconds in the first powered, piloted flight in history. Now, a century later, uh, there are about 10,000 airplanes crisscrossing the United States at any given moment, which... Traces back, I think, to this little Genesis moment when a, a dream of creating an aircraft was born. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, then in the autumn of 1918, uh, there was a young woman who was working as a nurse's aide at a hospital in Toronto, and they cared for uh, soldiers that were coming back from World War One. And during one of her breaks, uh, Amelia airfield and watch a plane take off in the snow and this is what she said the backwash of the propellers through burning biting snow into my Go on to become the first woman to fly solo over the Atlantic and, of course, I think, inspired a generation of women to go after their dreams. Dreams are an interesting thing. Uh, You never know how or when or where Uh, God might conceive a dream in your heart. But in the book of Nehemiah, and really the first seven chapters are, says, in late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at <laughs> the, the fortress of Susa. Hannah and I, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well. For those who returned to They're in great his heart. He had a heart for Jerusalem. He had a heart for God's city. In a sense, with that wall being in ruins, it it was like God's reputation was kind of on the line here. And he just felt like, no, this is not right. Something has got to be done to fix this. And it says, for days, I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Just, Just a little the book of Nehemiah, and it's amazing how many times this word prayer is repeated. Now, we have a core value uh, at NCC, pray like it depends on God, and work like uh, it depends on us. Things in combination with each other that they almost are catalysts for one another, and that's how it dreams. Because you know what, you can pray until Jesus returns, okay? But you still got to have a work ethic. You still got to work like it depends on you, and and you can work. But but at the end of the day, God can do more in one day than you can accomplish in a lifetime, and so you got to pray like it depends on god here's what i've discovered the more you pray the more you dream and then the more you dream the more you have to pray uh dreaming is a form of praying praying is a form of dreaming and so as nehemiah begins to pray about these things this dream is conceived in his spirit his command listen to my prayer look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel I confess that we have sinned against you and then he goes on with this confession and then in verse 10 the people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants oh Lord please hear my prayer listen to the prayers of those delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. And then this little, engineering school, didn't have the degree, didn't have the experience, but we say it all the time around here, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call, Um, it's about us making ourselves available to him, and when we do that, God can use anybody to do anything, last week we talked about this. wash dishes, well, that's a whole different deal than rebuilding this wall, but, but what I love is that when God puts a passion in your heart, you've got to take responsibility for it, and, and I would suggest um, that uh, maybe you're here this weekend, and, and you would say, like, man, I have this dream, but it feels like it's so far away, financially, or relationally, or spiritually, or occupationally. Like I have this dream, but it is so far away, like I can't even see it. Okay, Nehemiah is a thousand miles away from Jerusalem. Okay, so so did he come up with some master plan and kind of GPS it and figure out how he could work the angles? No, he prayed and figured that it was probably God's responsibility to get him. Listen, God is the one who begins a good work in us, and God. Is one who carries it to completion you know what our job is be the best cupbearer you can be i don't care what you do you be the best cupbearer you can be in babylon and you know what god will then open the door and he'll make a way for you uh, to see that And, and then I kind of like flipping that B-Hag to a B-Hag, big hairy audacious prayer really is more accurately what it was this was crazy Nehemiah had no business getting into the wall building business but God had given this uh, him this dream and, and he accomplished it and I want to make a few observations this weekend now I bet that none of you really care a whole lot about like building a wall like that just seems so context it was the first and last line of defense i mean there was no use to rebuild the temple if you're not going to have a wall around the city to protect the people i mean this is a big deal and i would suggest that we as a church are are trying to rebuild the spiritual walls of the city that we're in Uh, our job is to uh, rebuild the spiritual walls of washington dc and uh, i want to let me go way back. Um, Alfred Adler, the famous psychologist, uh, used to begin his counseling sessions by asking a question. He would say, tell me your earliest memory. And of course, people would then tell it to him. And uh, no matter what they said, um, Adler would then say, and so life is. He believed that our earliest memories... over us for for good or for bad now the good news is there's a god who comes into the equation and can take some of the negatives because all things work together for good to them who love god and are called according to his purpose he can take those things and flip them so that they actually serve his purposes and they might not be good things that have happened to you but they can serve the good it is that God wants you uh, to do um, let me tell you about one of my earliest memories I just I want to let you into kind of what goes on up here okay I don't think I've ever shared this before when I was there's no hope for new hope. I have no idea why, but I, I grew up in, in new hope, and uh, for me, I mean, it was actually ideal. Like, I loved it. We had, like, a little kind of U-shaped block, and I remember playing kick the can and riding bikes and just having a good time with friends, and uh, I had one friend four doors down named Luke who uh, was a year older than me, and I used to go down and borrow his bike, and sometimes i sort of like almost like an ancient proclamation on scrolls or something said you can't ride my bike anymore i said why he said cuz my dad took the training don't tell me to do it tell me it can't be done you tell me it can't be done and something triggers inside of me now Haven't been done before, but there's some things that maybe I can't do, or that might be next to impossible, but if you do it long enough and try hard enough and pray hard enough, that you never know. And so, um, with that as a little bit of backdrop, let me tell you um, sort of my uh, helicopter moment in uh, the Wright Brother terms, or my snow in the face cold. area called willow creek i was in seminary and i knew that i was called to church plant um but but it was just like it was overwhelming at that point where what like i don't even know like i'd never been on staff at a church like i had no um no knowledge really how to pull this thing off and i remember sitting in that conference i still remember exactly the auditorium I've had a chance to go back over the years and speak or just be there at other conferences and I often go back um, to that same road or that same seat that I was sitting in because something happened there it, it's almost like this church be? Now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a church monk, grew up going to seven or eight different kinds of churches, um, very eclectic kind of background. Some of them, you know, had, had great things about them, you know, some of them were pretty legalistic, um, and uh, kind of everything in between. But, but here's what the Lord birthed in my heart that day. What I started dreaming about was, man, pastoring a church that when people missed church, they missed it. They actually missed it when they missed it um and i dreamed of a church where people felt better when they walked out and when they walked in because i was in a lot of churches where i actually felt worse walking out the door not because sin is ignored because it's confronted with the grace of god and so we deal with tough issues but let's god's grace is sufficient dreamed of a church for the those who are far from God. Um, I I think that uh, this idea of there are ways of doing church that no one's thought of yet was kind of birthed in me in that moment. You know, if the kingdom of God had departments, we'd want to work in research and development. Um, We love to try to do church different. Now, I believe that we're absolutely orthodox in belief, but we're kind of unorthodox in practice. You know, we meet in movies. biblical text and so you know most church plants meet and rent a facilities until so they can buy or build a church building and i think one thing we've tried to debunk is this idea that the church is a building you can't even go to church because you are the church like technically theologically it's impossible uh, the church is, is people i think one of the things about meeting and rented facilities is that like we short term kind of scenario for us it's our long term strategy so here we are one church with six locations and and for some reason we have landed in movie theaters um, i don't know if it's the big screen the comfortable seats the smell of popcorn popcorn is our incense but we love being in those environments that, that maybe are safe and accessible for those who might not darken a church door but might feel comfortable Walking into a movie theater, and uh, you know we we've always described it, it this way: that in the Old Testament you have the temple and the tabernacle. One of them was a stationary place of worship. You are not going to move the temple, okay? But the tabernacle, whatever the cloud. building. The truth is, we had a church building gifted to us. Glen Echo Baptist Church last year signed over the deed to their church building. We're renovating it, and we'll launch our seventh location there this year. It's awesome. We'll should do a few twists and turns to it, though. It was the old fire station before it was a church, and so, I don't know, I think you get some pretty cool fire doors in here and turn it into a, a space and a place where the community welcome, and uh, where we serve 24-7, and so uh, at the same time, uh, I've never seen a theater in my life that I didn't kind of begin to dream about, how could the church kind of be in this space, and what would it look like, Um, I'm cursed, like I can't even go to the movies anymore and smell popcorn and not just feel like worshiping the Lord, just kind of have around the DC area, and, uh, and, and that includes some international locations, we're circling, uh, as I mentioned last week, a cafe space in Berlin, it can be our base of operations to uh, continue to reach out uh, to that city, just grateful for John and Steph Hassler who are there on the ground, uh, campus pastors, and, and give leadership to that endeavor. in Anacostia and uh, honestly uh, there's another theater in the greater metro area that's going to come online at some point in the next 12 to 15 months and we've got our eye on it because I, I think it's begging for us to come and so here's what's interesting. We we are a multi-site church. Now we're, we're one of the first churches in the believe that the best way to reach different parts of our city is to be there it's the ministry of presence and so we want to be in georgetown in columbia heights uh alexandria arlington and then of course Glenn Echo is in maryland which will put us in uh, uh uh three different uh places states and and uh well and a district um here's what i'm getting at we're coming soon to a theater now. that God has given to us. And I believe that it's part of a uh, move that God's been doing in this city for hundreds of years. You know, honestly, few Americans know that the Capitol itself doubled as a as a gathering place for church on the weekends when it was first built. Congress approved it for church services on December 4th, 1800. It's in the congressional record. Uh, two presidents attended there, uh, President John Adams and President Thomas jefferson in fact jefferson believed that the worship was lacking a little bit and so he recruited the marine corps band to play for worship uh first presbyterian church of washington was formed in the 1790s by a group of scottish stonemasons who were uh, building the white house and so their inaugural services were literally 1983, met in the home of the Supreme Court Justice William Strong, and uh, uh, New York Avenue Presbyterian Church got it started as a prayer meeting in the Treasury Building. What, what I'm saying is, it, it, church is not uh, uh, a building, it, it's people who are gathered for a missional purpose of sharing the good news of the gospel, and it can take any shape or form, and uh, for Church, it's a multi-site church uh, with a vision to reach out uh, to this city. Now, we have a couple of core convictions, and I feel like every once in a while we got to go back to these touchstones to remind us of who we are and what we're about. We believe the church ought to be the most creative place on the planet. We talked about creativity last week and the way the Spirit, Holy Spirit hovers, brings order and beauty, and so as people who are filled by the Spirit of God. We're just not a church that's going to stand outside the Areopagus and pick it. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to take a strong stand on things that are wrong. Listen, we live in a culture where it's wrong to say certain things are wrong, and I think that's wrong. And we need to be prophetic, but it needs to be a, a gracious rebuke. Uh, everything we need to do, it needs to be done in the spirit of Jesus. And so I think there's this example of Paul. It's not like he, he, he walked in the Areopagus where there are all these religious ideas, you know, floating around and where he, there was a literally an idol on every corner. It's not like Paul went in and, like, made this picket sign and said, uh, idolaters going to hell. No, what did he do? Well, he knew that he was on the side of truth. And so he walked into the Areopagus and uh, went toe to toe with some of the most brilliant minds. World. And guess what? A few of those people put their faith in Jesus Christ because Paul just simply preached the gospel and lived it and communicated. That's who we are as a church. That's what we're about. Synagogue, you hung out at wells. Wells were natural gathering places in ancient culture, and so s- about six hundred people a day walk in and out of our coffee house, and it gives us a touch point with our community. It's incredible how many different opportunities come out of that to have a have a positive influence. And some people come in to get a cup of coffee and end up uh, finding a relationship with Christ as that thing goes down the road. That's who we are. That's what we're about. A Few other us in proportion to how we give the missions, and we believe that God will bless us in proportion to how we care for the poor in our city. That's just who we are. That's what we want to be about. We're not trying to build a church as much as we're trying to bless a city. If we bless a city, God's going to build His church, and that's what he's done over the last 17 years. And so we are rebuilding the spiritual walls of this city. love of Christ in practical ways. Uh, We believe that the good news ought to make the news. We want the gospel to be unignorable. I don't even know if that's a word, but it's not a should be. We just want to be living out the message of Jesus in a way that at least no one can ignore it. Um, That's who we are, and that's what we're about. farmer baseball lover, Ray Kinsella, and uh, he's walking through a cornfield one day, and remember he hears this faint whisper, you remember it, can you, if you build it, yeah, um, if you build it, they will come. I I've just always believe that if we collectively, as National Community Church, if we can away at the end of the day you you see the word of crowd repeated a, a hundred times in the gospels why because you just couldn't keep people away from jesus and and if we are really jesus followers if that's what we are living uh breathing uh discipling following teaching that you know what i believe that this is going to be a church that attracts people are far from god We want to see people cross the line of faith. And uh, that gets to where uh, we can talk a little bit about what it means to be a part of this church. Now, in the book of Nehemiah, there's this uh, fascinating little... This is my favorite chapter in the Bible. love these names. So awesome. Now, I mean, we skip over that stuff. But what I love is that Nehemiah made a point of identifying the 38 individuals who blood, sweat, and tears helped build that wall. Nehemiah could not have done it himself. It was all hands on deck. It takes a team to achieve. The dream. And and that's what a church is. Um, It's a body. All of us play a different part. And when each one of us is involved in the way that God has gifted us, then some unbelievable things begin to happen. This synergy where it becomes much bigger than kind of the sum total of all the individual parts. And and that's what God has They made the Bible. That's awesome. Like, I think you could probably be ready to die at that point. I made the Bible. I'm ready to go be with God. Um, now, there is a group that didn't make the Bible. It's the nobles of Tekoa. I feel sorry for into the bible and and my concern is this do we want you to come and attend and be fed and challenged and encouraged like i I want this to be a life-giving church absolutely but at some point all of us i believe need to produce more than we consume that's what a leader is and so we want to make sure that you get you get well fed that you get all healed up that you're Some people say, like, I don't need the church, and, and I would say, like, you totally missed the point. The church needs you. Like, you need to be a part of this move of God, of what God is doing. Now, it's not about the name over the door. There's one church in Washington, uh, if a church preaches the gospel, then, then there's Single person who walks through our doors by accident. You're here by divine appointment, and you need to figure out well, what what does that mean. How do I become a part of? And uh, y- you know what? Let me share two things with you. Uh, number one is um, we believe church is a tag team sport. Number two, we believe church is a two way street. Let me talk about those two things um, because here's the deal: we as a church. Want of the dream that God has given to you, but we want to invite you to be a part of this corporate dream that God has given to us. So what does that look like? Well, let me talk about the tag team sport uh, first. There are people in your circle of influence that all never meet, uh, and there are people in my circle of that you'll never meet. And it's my responsibility and your responsibility to share our faith with those people, and uh Christ with them and, and helping them understand that their their sins can be nailed to that cross that they can find forgiveness and wholeness in a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and sometimes it's it's a smaller step and it's inviting uh, someone to church it, it most people will actually accept an invitation to church this week one of our staff members shared a testimony about somebody who showed up and, and that person said man I for years have been waiting for someone just to invite me to church and, and they started coming and they found a relationship with christ here at national community church i believe that there are people in our lives who are just waiting and so we believe it's a tag team sport when you walk in uh, you tag me or our teaching team you tag our worship band you take all of our different ministries and you say go for it and then when we benedict when we walk out those doors then we tag you, you say now you go for it there are that you can share Christ with and and invite him to come back to church. Church is a tag team sport. And and then church uh, is a two-way street. It's about being a part of your dream and you being a part of the dream that God has given to us. Two simple goals for everybody that walks through our doors. Plug into a small group and plug in. We do not it is not rocket science. Um, why plug into a ministry? Well, let me say this: If you're doing any ministry that is not a national community church ministry, it doesn't count. I'm just kidding. Listen, if if you're doing something for the kingdom, that's the important. Because we have six locations, we need like six worship teams, um, six production teams, six kids teams. Uh, This is kind of cool, Nehemiah 767, they're doing a census and Nehemiah specifically mentions the singers. He says they had 245 singers, male and female. What what I love about that is he doesn't say 244 or 246, he pegs it, says, you know what, 200 every weekend and that's not much of a stretch like we need a lot of people to engage and so some people say well like multi-site like isn't the downside of that that you need like six times as many people i say no no it means we have six times as many opportunities for people to engage and be a part of the ministry of this church and what we're doing you know what it doesn't matter if it's prayer you know some of you Center, but but you know what? Week in and week out, it is a gargantuan task to do what we do every weekend. I want to challenge you to plug into a ministry. And then finally, plug into a small group. I, I think that's the place where we find relationship. Uh, that's the place where we, we begin to, uh, uh, where we find those connections. So we've got to find that community to be a part of. Uh, we had our executive leadership team over to dinner uh, last week, um, and Ryan and Heather Zempel uh, were both on staff. Heather's a part of our teaching team, discipleship pastor, and and Ryan, mm-hmm. um, for many, many years, has coached uh, so many small group leaders. I mean, you know, we had 350, 370 leaders at our retreat this weekend, I think Ryan is uh, coach about 349 of them, uh, so engaged in, in that part of, of who we are. And they started to share about um, how they arrived at National Community Church. And uh, this was interesting to me because I think it's part for the course. Um, there was a girl who attended here a long, long time ago named uh, Amy Womack. Amy, I still remember her because she was like, time we were at Union Station when we had one location and it was the the new Star Wars, I think it was started the, the first uh, episode came out and the theater was packed at midnight and Amy just got up at like 11.59 and stood in front of everybody in the theater and said, hey, by the way, before the movie starts, there's a church that meets here and I want to invite all of you to come Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. That's awesome! Um, now I think most invitations ought to be in context for the people you know but um, the first time she met Ryan Ryan was new to NCC new to DC and, and she said uh, she said are, are you involved in a small group he said no he said well, she said well you're coming to a small group with me and uh, we only had two small groups uh, at that point on Tuesday night and Thursday night and and Ryan saw each other across the room and their eyes met and they were married the next day. It didn't happen quite that easily or quite, but I mean it got me to thinking, what if he had picked the wrong small group? No pressure. Um, But I'm not kidding when I say you need to prayerfully read small group directory you need to find a place to be in relationship and and i'm not kidding when i say like few things thrill me more than the fact that so many people over the years have have met at national community church gotten married but but of course it's also about these friendships these relationships that help us in this spiritual journey get where god thank you i mean i, I am overwhelmed uh, when i think about how so many of you have made so many sacrifices and some of you are just kind of on the front end but but you give it some time and you you are gonna you're gonna be a serious shareholder in this vision that god has given to us you know i, I think a good example is, is the dream center like we raised 3.8 million dollars in three months are you kidding That it's not when when you give financially, what you are you traded time, you traded your life for that paycheck or however it is that you came across, and so you're giving your life, you're giving yourself to that thing. And and then I think about how many hundreds of people are involved in ministry, and then I think, what if it was all hands on deck? What if all of us were operating in the gift that God had given to us? What? One last thing. We're going to end with this. Um, I I love in chapter 4, verse 20, there's just a little closing thought. Um, Nehemiah keeps getting back on his knees over and over again. It says he prayed to the Lord. He prayed to the Lord. And uh, I love um, chapter 4, verse number 20. He's going to begin the good work. He's going to carry it to completion. So can I invite you on February 13th to be a part of uh, our 40-day prayer challenge. On Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent, we're going to start hitting our knees again for 40 days. Um, We're going to press in and seek God and just believe that during those 40 days, God's going to do something incredible in our hearts. Now, I think in December it was, Laura and I, 40 Day Prayer Challenge. That's kind of what we're going to go through on a daily basis. We're going to read through those devotionals, and the ultimate objective is to create a prayer habit. And I believe that if we create that prayer habit, we're, we're going to be dreaming some big dreams by the time we're done. God is going to move in some incredible ways. And so I want to invite you to be at that kickoff gathering. It's actually a simulcast uh, that will be broadcast to churches across the country who are going to be a part of that 40 Day we'll have some incredible worship and of course we'll spend some time in prayer I want to invite you to be a part of it let's pray together Father thank you we love you and praise you we bless you God you are so good I pray that uh, you would help each one of us to, to feel like, like we're a part of this thing called National Community Church Lord you're the one that directed our footsteps we're here divine appointment and so lord i pray that you would help each one of us to step up and step in and be a part of this dream that you've given to us and lord we believe that because of it your kingdom is going to come your will is going to be done and to that